What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show, Thursday, August 24th. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the MitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight, Facebook, Instagram at the Mitch Davis Show, and check out the website, themitchdavisshow.com. You can also find the podcast wherever you like to find your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. Two days away from college football season. On today's podcast, going to be joined by Inside the Rebels Ole Miss beat writer Jared Redding to talk all things Ole Miss football ahead of the 2023 college football season. At this time, I'd like to welcome Mr. Jared Redding to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. Welcome on the Mitch Davis Show to a groomsman of mine, a good buddy of mine, a regular on the Mitch Davis Show, Mr. Jared Redding from InsideTheRebels.com. Welcome on the Mitch Davis Show. Um, how you doing? You ready for some Ole Miss football? Surprised you welcome me on the Mitch Davis Show, just because you usually have me around this time of year every year. But yeah, to answer that second part of the question, yeah, really excited for some football. Um, so for the record, we're just going to go ahead and put this out here. Obviously, I'm a Mississippi resident now. Um, I People may or may not see some of this video, but uh, if they do, yes, there is indeed a Mississippi State pullover on me that my wife bought me. Uh, so just for the record, for all the Rebel fans out there, I still love you, but I got my maroon, got the maroon and white on. So, Jared, let's talk uh, a little Ole Miss football. Camp is, or let's see, training camp as I call it. So fall camp is over. Now it's practice time. What did you see out of training camp uh, maybe that you didn't expect to see out of the Rebels? Yeah, I think the first and foremost, when you – go into a fall camp and especially in the situation that Ole Miss isn't going into uh, that they went into training camp with this year when you looked at last year was when you have, you know, 40 new scholarship players um, on one team, it's kind of the same recurring thing that you walked into last year. It's like, how are you going to get all that to mesh with, you know, the returners, the freshmen, uh, Juco guys. And it's kind of a, I guess a potent mix, if you will. Um, but just to see, you know, the on one side where you return on one side of the ball where you turn a, a lot of guys offensively, where there's a lot of continuity, how's that continuity going to take that next step into the next year? As opposed to defensively, where it's it's a giant overhaul with not only the majority of your portal hall coming on the defensive side of the ball, but with new defensive coaches, you have a new defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, uh, you have Kinoto Hudson, a new, new uh, corners coach. Uh, West Neighbors, new safeties coach, new special teams coach, uh, Jake Schoonover. Um, but to see how, A, you know, how the defense has been able to rise to the challenge with so many new faces and all that, but also offensively, um, when you have to replace some weapons out, out wide and all that, and see how that goes over with a ground game, as you know, last year was – the third best rushing team in the country aside from the teams that usually run the triple option. So, um, and just to see how your kind of shit shapes together um, just throughout fall camp, because, you know, last year was one of the things that was a concern of theirs and it really kind of, you know, it, it kind of faltered a little bit down the stretch when almost, of course, obviously lost five out of six games and all that is like, you know, how are they going to respond when adversity hits them this time? So let me ask you about the defense, and we'll talk offense, which I, the offense is the most probably exciting part of this Ole Miss team. Ask about defense. Obviously, everybody knows the name Pete Golding, and everybody knows 
he came from Alabama and, you know, it depends on who you ask. The story changes from person to person, quite literally. I want to ask you about his defense. What have you seen out of this defensive unit? How excited are you to watch them in this upcoming season at Ole Miss? Yeah, I think when you – obviously, I think you pointed out in that question just Pete Golding's track record. Um, you know, he has a national championship ring on his finger. Um you know, which there's not a lot of Ole Miss personnel that do at this point. Um, he's worked for the greatest coach in the history of college football, Nick Saban. Uh, led led his defenses for five years. He recruited a lot of that talent that's at Alabama and that's been at Alabama and produced NFL draft picks. Um, but you know, as you know, at Alabama, it's not just one side of the ball; it's the whole team. And so, you know, Pete's done all that, but at the same time, you know, it was Bama fans were very frustrated with him uh, last year. Obviously, he was kind of a scapegoat, if you will, just because their two losses, which ultimately kept them from a national championship, being torched by, you know, high-flying, high-potent offenses and Tennessee and LSU, uh, which honestly put a stain kind of at the end of his Alabama career. But um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it, 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 it kind of is like, is Pete Golding as good of a defensive coach that's out there? Well, the answer is yes and all that, because I think that's a standard Alabama that – you know, that even something like that can kind of go down. When you go down to Ole Miss, where Ole Miss is trying to reach that standard, um, that, you know, you wonder how that's going to kind of carry over. But Pete Golding, you watch his defense, you know, he runs kind of a four-two-five-ish, which is a far cry, or I wouldn't say far cry, but it's a kind of a – if you consider – it's considered by most to be an upgrade from what came before, where Ole Miss ran a lot of, you know, three-man rushes, a lot of drop eight. Uh, trying to bend but don't break and rely on turnovers to get things done. And it's a little bit the opposite uh, with this Pete Golding, especially with all that he has returning on the defensive line. They're going to be a lot more aggressive. They're going to get in the, try to get in the backfield more, stop the run, um, and just kind of, you know, to put offenses behind schedule as opposed to just limiting the chunk plays um, as well. And he's got some transfer linebackers to work with, although a lot of that linebacker core is new. The defensive line is experienced. Uh, the defensive line returned one from a year ago. And the secondary had to overhaul, too, with um, some players going out of the transfer portal to other places and people coming in like Zamari Walton, John Saunders, uh, Dejon Anthony, um, you know, Jadon Candy, and, you know, and, and along with the returning vet like DeAndre Prince, he's been on this Ole Miss team for a number of years, has played a lot of meaningful snaps. But it's been exciting to watch just because – of kind of what came before, you know, I think the general consensus, uh, at least among you know, the national landscape of college football, was Pete Golding is a great defensive coordinator. He is going to build a great defense eventually, but questioning is it going to be this year that you're actually going to be able to see it? Because he doesn't have quite have that depth that he had at Alabama yet, where you, if you have a five star and he needs to come out, you can sub him in with a five star or a highly rated four star. Um, and it's going to come in time with Ole Miss, and he's worked wonders on the recruiting trail. I mean, look no further than, you know, the commitment of Kamari and Franklin and the, the 24 class that Ole Miss has currently that's just littered with defensive talent and even in-state talent. Um, it's going to work wonders eventually, but, you know, you're seeing strides of what that defense can be just more and more as camp goes on. Let me ask you, you know, about one defensive player in particular that I'm most excited about, a guy that was kind of leading pass rusher last year for the Rebels, uh, Cedric Johnson, uh, a guy that I've heard a lot of great things about. Talk about him, and what have you seen out of his development this offseason heading into the 23 season? 
I'm glad you're glad you brought that up because it's the thing that you see every day is, you know, usually you got the practice field about 30, 45 minutes before practice, just, you know, so you can, you know, so you don't miss anything. And he's always the first one out there on the practice field every single day. I don't recall a day where he wasn't. Um, and there's a reason why he won the Chucky Mullins Courage Award, um, which is given to, you know, not only a great defensive player at Ole Miss, but the guy who embodies that spirit that Chucky Mullins, you know, had, you know, back in the late 80s, um, which has really kind of galvanized, you know, Ole Miss as a football program. And I feel like he carries that every day. Um, you know, he was a guy that last year you expected almost to turn him loose a little bit more just because of what came before with Sam Williams and the season that he had in 2021. He was on that way before injury derailed him kind of in the middle of the season. And he never really was the same uh, after that. And, you know, he's had to deal with some injuries um, in the spring. You know, he didn't get to really play at all in the spring. Um, but so far, I mean, he's just kind of, you know, dictating and disrupting and just the pass rushing you can see has got a lot better, a lot faster off the ball, a lot more, I guess, you know, finesse in trying to get to the quarterback and not really taking the playoff. And I think that's what you're going to expect to see a lot of out of Cedric Johnson. I want to ask you about this offensive unit. Obviously, Jackson Dart, word is that he's going to be the starting quarterback for Ole Miss when they play Mercer on September 2nd. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, a guy that I'm excited about, obviously. Uh, just talk about this Ole Miss, the potency of this Rebels offensive unit. I mean, it's potent anytime you have a guy named by the name of Lane Kiffin calling the shots. No matter no matter who he has as his offensive coordinator or some of his position coaches, you know, that offense begins and ends with Lane Kiffin, him being one of the more innovative minds, offensive minds in college football. Um, but he can't do it without the players. And I think, you know, like I, harp, like I harped on early on when talking about continuity, almost has it offensively. And that continuity really – with what Lane Kiffin likes to do with his up-tempo approach, you know, not letting the defense breathe and the personnel to make it happen, that on top of the talent is going to make it a lot tougher on teams than it was even last year. Um, Jackson Dart, you know, you saw him start 12 out of 13 games last year, beat out Luke Altmeyer for the job, who actually got named the starting quarterback at Illinois recently. Um, and if you take away that that – Texas Bowl, where he threw three interceptions, um, he got better and better as the year went on last year. Even when the losses did pile up, you know, a lot of those losses were not because of Jackson Dart. If, if you discount the Texas Bowl, which was mainly just, you know, I say we're playing a really good Texas Tech team who I've had the privilege of covering over the last five years several times. That Texas Tech squad, coached by Joey McGuire, was no joke. Whew, man, and, you know, they had a defensive lineman that was picked in the top 10 of, you know, this past draft, and he gave Ole Miss fits all night long. But that was mainly a part just because Jake Thornton had to go to Auburn. John Garrison came in, some shuffling, some miscommunication, all this sort of stuff. I think a lot of people could attribute it to that. But also there's a lot more than just the offensive line involved. But anyways, um, but over the course of the offseason, you're seeing a different Jackson Dart. Um, he is he's, Although he's not, maybe not the most vocal guy, he has gotten a lot more vocal. Uh, with it, being more involved with his teammates. And it's a lot more confident in his throws because usually he was a guy that, you know, he would go and then once a mistake happens, it kind of unravels on that. You don't, you didn't really see that in the spring and then the fall. Um, a lot more confidence in his throws, um, a lot more confident in his weapons, even if, you know, the weapons that a lot of the weapons he has coming in this year, you know, are new. Um, 
but he's a crowded quarterback room now. And, you know, that's exactly what Lane Kiffin wanted. He said, you know, these areas of depth, you know, that we haven't had in the past, we got to double down and even triple down on them. That's what they did with quarterback. That's what they did with tight end. Um, everyone knows what Kunshan Jessica is going to do. There's not really much introduction needed kind of on that front, but they have depth at running back. Ulysses Bentley is coming back. Uh, from fall camp injury. Um, they just added Oregon State running back Jam Griffin recently, who uh, has kind of, you know, he looked like kind of like a Zach Evans clone. Maybe not quite as big, but just the, the type of style that he plays with. Um, you know, uh, Kedrick Wiscano, who was one of the top running backs of this past recruiting class. Um, and even the other guys who touched the ball last year, Mac Jones, but receiver. Um, you know, everyone wants to see Zachary Franklin in action. The transfer um, from UTSA hasn't seen him at all. Haven't seen him at all this fall camp because he's had to, he had to get his knee scoped at the beginning of camp, and the consensus is that he's going to be likely out for two weeks, or excuse me, two games. Yeah, in two weeks as well. Trey Harris, guy at Louisiana Tech, uh, ran an air raid offense. Louisiana Tech. He's got big body. He's moved for somebody his size. He can win contested balls, which is exactly what Ole Miss needed, especially with Jonathan Mingo going to the draft. Um, you know, you, when you return Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, guys who – Dayton Wade who got a lot better as the year went on last year and it's going to carry over into this year. Uh, but tight end, I think, is the one position, aside from quarterback, that people are the most excited about because it's such a loaded room. Um, although Michael Trigg had a very disappointing season last year, dealt with some injuries, kind of just dealt with kind of going through the motions, missing blocks, kind of the, the fundamental stuff. He, he looked different in the spring, and he's kind of been slowed down by fall camp. Uh, you know, not, not so much because of his abilities, but because of his tight end room around him. Caden Prescorn is probably the most hyped. Um, he might be the most hyped player that almost got out of that transfer portal because he's a tight end. It's, I guess you, Mitch, may know from uh, Memphis. Yeah, he's got some NFL intangibles. You know, he has – when you look at the tight ends in the NFL, when you look at a George Kittle – um, when you look at, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, he kind of shares some of those same uh, characteristics in the receiving game. Um, but you throw in Kyrene Heath, uh, Javante Connor, um, that almost has a lot of riches to tight end, which is what they sorely missed last year because the Lane Kiffin offense loves that tight end position. And offensive line, where you turn four out of five guys and having, despite having to shuffle some guys around, some guys banged up, um, that, that offense goes as that offensive line goes. Let me ask you about, you know, Quishon Junkins, and then we're going to talk about the schedule, and then I'm going to close with uh, a little Juco question because Juco season starts, and gosh, what is it, Jared, three weeks, two weeks? Two Let's weeks. See, got, uh, I think it's mid-September. Oh, yeah. Northwest goes, I think, two. I've got my media guide somewhere. I have to find it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited. excited about football, football. But I do want to ask you about – Quishon Junkins, everything that I've heard from, you know, your articles and listening to people out of Oxford and listening to Kiffin talk says that he's gotten a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and a lot, a hell of a lot more intimidating. Talk about him and the intangibles that he brings to this 23 old mystic. Oh, yeah, he's a bad man. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, because his first year at Ole Miss, he was not allowed to speak to the media because it was a Lane Kiffin rule that freshmen couldn't talk to the media. So he didn't get a chance to speak to the media until the spring. And a lot of us, with the exception of those that, you know, were in the recruiting picture or within his own circle, knew what he was like. Um, you just knew him as a guy who rushed for 1,500 yards and nearly broke Herschel Walker's freshman rushing record last year. Um, and, you know, he knew he was just a big, 
bulky, you know, hit the ball hard, you know, want to type of guy. But what we didn't know before the spring and, you know, and before talking to him is just like his love of the game is something that's uh, unparalleled, you know, even the, the little things that you don't running backs do, but they're not, you really, you know, you don't really think of a running back doing, you know, getting the lead block, you know, picking up the blitz, um, you know, even in the receiving game, just camaraderie on the sidelines. He, he just loves the game of football and he is, you know, willing to take those steps that if he's needed to move into trying to be more of a receiving back, kind of be like Reggie Bush, if you will, he's willing to do that. And they've been working with him a lot, trying to make it a little bit more of a receiving threat because you already know what he's going to do on the ground. But, you know, he's a guy who smiles a lot. He loves the game. Uh, he was he, When he spoke to the media, SEC Media Day, he had, I mean, the entire room at his table because just wanting to get a piece of Quinshawn Judkins, why he was, you know, slept on, why the, the in-state schools like Alabama and Auburn just let him slip through the cracks. Um, but he, you know, you already knew, you already know what to expect from a guy like that. But I think it is like, you know, when you ask Lane Kiffin, what's that next step for Quinshawn Jenkins? He's going to say, well, it's not so much abilities. I mean, he could always get better at that, but it's more what you can do with him. And I think that's what they're going to try to do with him this season. All right. So we've got two more questions here. I want to, and I'm going to point this out. I want to ask you the most pivotal game for Ole Miss to separate this season from a good season to taking that next step to a nine win, 10 win season for me, looking at the schedule, it's that two lane game at two lane, second game of the year. That, to me, is the difference maker in a good season and a great season for Ole Miss. What is your difference maker game for the Rebels? I'd honestly have the exact same answer, honestly. Um, uh, it's kind of – it's cra- it's crazy when you talk about that game because, yeah, Tulane is a top 25 team. Yes, they beat USC a year ago in the Cotton Bowl and a New Year's Six Bowl. This is not your grandfather's Tulane team or even your father's Tulane team. Um yeah, they they have a legitimate program now that they're kind of building. They're they're establishing a culture by the day, and you're kind of seeing that over the last few years because they've been a thorn in many people's sides early on. But it's kind of divisive among the Ole Miss fans when you talk about some a portion of Ole Miss people are like, "Ooh, that Tulane game is going to be tough." You know, they're top twenty-five. You know, they got Pratt at quarterback. They're high flying. They say if Ole Miss is going to win, they're going to have to win in a track meet, um, and some people are looking at it like, okay, well, we said this about Tulane two years ago, and then Ole Miss beat them by 30 in Oxford. And no and this, Tulane was pretty good that year too. So it's kind of like, you know, what to expect. It's going to be hot as hell in New Orleans. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going. I okay. just went to my hotel today, actually. I may or may not be down there for the Saints-Titans game, so we'll see what I happens. I want to go so bad. <laughs> um, I got to see my boy Will Levis, but also got to cheer on our Saints. But, you know, and I'm going to go on record before I ask you this final question. Saints are going to make a run at the Super Bowl. I am willing to die on this hill. I'm willing to die on the fact that Derek Carr is the savior of the Saints. Uh and I have no factual evidence to back that up, Jared, but just on the record, because I know that uh, your people and my people will be listening to this. The Saints, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. The Saints will be playing in the NFC Championship game come January. Wow. <laughs> that is a hell of a way to transition into Juco football. So, Whew. okay. 
Next question. <laughs> Look, I, I, I will say this. I won a Super Bowl with the Saints on the franchise mode in year one. So just throwing that out there, that all, all Madden, the highest level on uh, you know the Xbox now, I won a Super Bowl with the Saints. So All right, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him a gamer tag and we'll go at it. <laughs> Jared, let's uh, let's close this with uh, a little Juco football. You know, something you and I have uh, grown and, and you have kind of shown me to love uh, Juco football. Is there anybody out there that's going to challenge Northwest or East Mississippi this year for that state championship in Mississippi? You know, that's a really good question is because – Honestly, I don't really know. Um, you know, a the, lot of unknown. Once you go well, past Northwest, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, if you're asking me who's going to challenge them in Mississippi, I would tell you I don't know. If you ask me who's going to challenge them nationally, I'm going to just give you the same answers that you usually get. You know, Iowa Western, Hutchinson. Um, you know, but in state, I think you know it's always going to be it's the best team in the South, and it's been the best team in the South for a couple of years now with Jones College. I have to say, you know, a team that was, you know, that blew a 17-point lead to Northwest in the uh, in the Mississippi state title game um, that would have kept Northwest from playing in a national championship because of the loss earlier on in the year. Um, so I would that would probably be my go-to because they're just the team in the South. Hines and Gulf Coast are always going to be tough. Uh, they're always they're always the you know the tough gritty team that you know no matter what talent they have they they come to play every time but i just don't think they could really hold a candle to northwest you know emcc i don't know if east mississippi can really compete with northwest to be honest and let me let, hold up before before we go any further you're about to get me. buddy calling into my freaking show saying oh yeah I, you and i guess you verbiage um northwest has and the reason I say Buddy is the – I would argue that Buddy is the best coach in Mississippi Juco without a second of hesitation, maybe even the country, recruiting-wise and everything. But the past couple of years, Northwest has flat-out out-recruited East for, you know, ever since the last chance you days when, you know, when you heard about them because you're on Netflix. Um, Northwest is getting, getting kids that, you know, they may or may not get a D1 offer, or if not, they're going to get several, you know – you know, group of five, D2, D3 offers, but they get the kids that, you know, like Memphis did, you know, at the D1 level a couple of years ago, they always got the kids that everyone slept on and they would just turn them into superstars. You know, the kids that, you know, if there was a quarterback who won a state championship at the highest level, but for whatever reason, the college didn't get them, Northwest is going to get them. Same as the running back. You know, they got Roman Gregory from Oxford last year who was one of the school's all-time all-purpose yards leaders. You got the guys that don't pop up on our 24-7 services, rivals on three now, um, any of the industry rankings, and they turn them into superstars. And Northwest this year, I think, you know, they're they're, going to have some horses now. They're always going to find – they always hit on quarterback just because of Stan Hill and his quarterback expertise at Marshall. Um, And they're always going to get – you know, a defensive front, you know, front seven. So, I mean, I'd I like Northwest to win the Mississippi League this year, and we'll see what happens by the time the semifinals nationally come around. Rapid-fire question real quick. Friday night, big game, 
in Mississippi in the big game in Oxford, Oxford, Lafayette. Your predictions and why does that team win on Friday night? Okay, let me answer the first part of that question first off because I, I, I like I, someone called me the other day and asked me what I thought about the game and I told him, man, I really don't know. Honestly, I just kind of just threw it out. I said, you know, one of these teams is going to win and they're going to win by three, maybe four. Um, but this game is a game that you know, Mitch, uh, me being a fellow Oxon, me being an Oxonian, lifelong Oxonian, um, is a game that's very personal to me. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I graduated from one of those two schools, but me living in Oxford my whole life and seeing this community, literally this entire community, descend upon a football field is something that, you know, you can't really put into words. You just have to be there to experience it. It's a game that um, that if you don't show up, I mean, if the game starts at 7 and you show up at 5.45, you're not going to get a seat in the stadium. You're going to have to watch from the fence or maybe watch from the parking lot um, if you're not careful. Um, but, you know, they're, it's just two successful public school districts, first off, you know, two successful athletics programs, two successful – high school football programs historically, um, it's it's great. And there's some storylines this year too. Um, Oxford has, well, you know, where's where I went to high school, has dominated the series the last 10 years. They've won eight of the last 10. Lafayette leads the all-time series since 1972 by one game. That's how close it's been over, historically. Now, Oxford's had the upper hand as of late, but, the, but Lafayette's head coach this time around, who's entering his second stint, his last six years at Lafayette, he beat Oxford six consecutive times and finished his last two years on a 32-game win streak. And he's one of the best coaches in Mississippi and Anthony Hart, who's making a second stint in Lafayette. So it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch, no matter what the talent is on the field. Jared, tell them where they can find all of your amazing work. And as always, thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis Show. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this football season, I'm afraid. You're afraid. Look, I'm delirious at this point. Like, I've got I look, I you everybody knows I cover the entire SEC. I'm sitting here staring down the barrel of getting excited about Hawaii and Vanderbilt. I can't like just be like, oh, it's college football. It's like, no, like it's a it is a legitimate how do I say this without sounding weird? Is Vanderbilt back? It is a thing that I have for Vanderbilt football, and we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> it hits different. I guarantee you, week zero games hit different. Uh, I, I I can tell you, even now – I need I Mississippi to have sports gambling because I'm bored without it. I am bored without sports gambling. I I don't gamble, so I can't handle – I can't uh, give you any advice there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, Mississippi legislation, legalized gambling to help my boy Mitch out. <laughs> all right, Jared, drop your socials somewhere they can find all your work. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jared E. Redding. Um, you can follow uh, my Ole Miss content at 247sports.com slash college slash Ole Miss or go to insidetherebels.com where you find our coverage of football, basketball, baseball, football recruiting, basketball recovery, uh, recruiting, baseball recruiting, all of the sports, a vibrant message board from and all sorts of great content from myself, David Johnson and Tyler Comas. And um, – yeah, you can also follow me. Okay, yeah, is it X now? Is it Twitter now? I say no. Twitter. I'm saying Twitter. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. Forget it, man. <laughs> you also follow my Twitter for some uh, some rather bold uh, takes and some rather uh, 
uh, interesting food takes and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, we'll just leave it at that. You just gotta, you gotta see it to believe it. I will say if you call it X, sounds like you're subscribing to a porn. Let me tell you, let me tell you before we, before we get off, I, my tweet, my Twitter buzz not too long ago and it was notifications because I got, I think 11 notifications on there. Um, it said today is your X anniversary. And I was at first, I was like, what's that? I'm like, Oh, that's Twitter. That's Twitter. <laughs> So yes, today, today subscribe to Jared on OnlyFans. Okay, OnlyFans at Jared Redding at Inside okay, the Rebels. You know what? This is what they're making Twitter sound like now. I don't like it. <laughs> All right, Jared. I appreciate you coming on. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of MitchDavisShow.com. Podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Facebook and Instagram at the Mitch Davis Show. And always check out the website, themitchdavisshow.com. A very, very special thank you to my good buddy, Jared Redding, for coming on the Mitch Davis Show podcast today to talk all things Ole Miss football.